0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? It is Wednesday. Hopefully, it's Wednesday when the show is supposed to come out but uh that would mean football's tomorrow that would mean football is tomorrow hopefully the show actually launches on wednesday i think it will (laughs) um but my name is more colby i got rick lemon with me as always was popping ricardo
1: what's going on uh
0: we got an interesting show for you uh today our top breakout running backs for the 2022 fantasy football season this is uh, these these episodes because i think next week we do quarterbacks and tight ends and then we jump into some our top riskiest players top riskiest players after that um but breakouts are like this is this is it this is all of the research that we've done over the last six months all compiled into one uh video where we give you the guys that we think um are gonna break out and and uh and actually help you absolutely dominate your fantasy leagues i think like I finding the two areas I find the most success in fantasy football leagues is finding league winners. Obviously, you know snagging the Cooper Cups and the Debo Samuels of the world, um, either in the mid or early rounds. But getting guys that are breakouts is super key, especially when you're talking about like running backs and wide receivers, because you can get them in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, mm, right. and you don't have to use like number one pick value so you can snag a Christian McCaffrey uh, and then and then grab two more running backs after him and still have the opportunity to draft some of the you know breakout wide receivers that we talked about on the last show so um, today we're going to talk about breakout running backs this these ones are harder to peg this year I'll tell you but before we do that Check out our website, fansjimpies.com, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have. Um, Like I said, super hard to project out the breakout running backs this year. I feel like every year there's like 27. And I'm like, I don't know what to choose from. This year, I looked at like the top 20 running backs, and they're all old. Yep. With the exception of some of the younger guys that already broke out. But I'm like, man, this is going to be hard to project these uh, these running backs this year. But there are three guys that Rick and I really, really like going Mm -hmm. into the season. And we'll get into them um, right now. You ready to go, Rick? Yeah, we can start right away. All right, let's get it. I feel, like, I feel like the intro sequence was, was real fast, but it's been three minutes, so whatever. Well, that's okay. Um, but anyway, the number one guy that we have on this list right now... I, this is in no particular order, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> number one, we have uh, Travis Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Rick, why don't you let us know why <laughs> Travis Etienne is a breakout running back. So, there? um...
1: So far early in camp, there has been reports that ETN has been a star. He's been very, very good mm. um, and is definitely earning a spot on the team. First of all, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much improved year, two. He was yeah. with the worst coach in the league. Um, the scheme was awful. Everything about the Jaguars last year was awful. Um, and now he's in a much better situation in year two. Obviously, if you believe in the prospect that was Trevor Lawrence, he was yeah. considered... You know, one of the best prospects in the last 10 years at the quarterback position. So you would expect a good year or two, which should be good for ETN because not only will ETN be the starting running back on the Jaguars, he's also going to get a lot of targets. Obviously, we know about their college connection. But last season, according to PFF, the player with the highest check down rate in the NFL was Trevor Lawrence at 11%. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh. It wasn't even Mac Jones. Suck an it- egg.
1: Mac Jones was number uh, number eight. So, you know. And, uh, yeah, the guys ahead of him were Tyler Haneke, Gardner Minshew, and Teddy Bridgewater. So that's not exactly the Anyway, <laughs> forget Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence was number one um, at that 11.3%. Yeah. Um, so very high, but very good for Travis Etienne. You would expect him to be a pass-catching specialist. And you know the guys in fantasy that get those pass catching work are great even if they're not great on the ground even if they're just average on the ground mm-hmm. I mean you look at guys like Austin Eckler yeah Alvin Kamara right. Christian McCaffrey uh now DeAndre Swift I think you can make an argument into that role Aaron Jones as well those guys are all great fantasy players not just because of what mm-hmm. they can do on the ground but what they do in the air and I think Travis Etienne has a real shot to join that club because of his pass catching ability Um, he's going to be the pass catching back and he'll probably be the complete workhorse until james robinson comes back there are positive reports about him coming back sooner than expected so we'll see how that plays out freak
0: out of here james robinson just
1: to be safe though i wouldn't be shocked if he misses like the first week or two to kind of ease him into it yeah um but we'll see even even if robinson comes back I don't think he's, you know, we saw what k Akers was right when he came off the Achilles. It's going to take a while before James Robinson is back. I think Etienne will have a majority of the carries and he will most certainly have majority of the targets, which is the big thing, in an improved offense. Um, he has that sort of upside because of that pass catching, which makes him mm-hmm. the breakout
0: option that he is. Yeah, and there's also been uh, reports that he is the, quote, star of Jaguars training camp. <laughs> yeah, unquote, that's what so far. Um I love ETN. I loved ETN coming out and like Rick said the the pass catching part of his game like uh, when they drafted him I was like all right I mean uh, James Robinson it was, it was, was a gross pick. is good but I'm like what are we doing here? Like what? Yeah, was why definitely would you a gross pick. So I think the intention for uh ex head coach uh freaking don't even remember your name Urban I don't can't remember Urban Meyer I think the the goal was to use him in the slot because I remember last year yes. in training camp you, I was telling you that's who they wanted. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> idiots. Uh, but essentially, in in camp they were using him in the slot and in pass catching reps, and that's where they wanted to 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 put him essentially. Um, and I don't know how much opportunity he would have gotten on the ground last year in um, that system, but like. This is going to be a guy that's very similar to the role that Alvin Kamara plays, yes, right, yep. Or Austin Eckler, for example. Yeah, and these are guys that don't typically run for over two hundred and twenty-five carries. They're usually hovering right around two hundred carries, maybe. You know, Kamara, if he's lucky, reaches two hundred. But I I think ETN is Kamara last year did, but before that he never before yeah before when Drew Brees was on the team he never really reached that that threshold. But ETN is one of those guys that I think could hit that 200 rushing attempt threshold, which is totally, totally splittable. If that makes sense with James Robinson, yeah. um, if they run it 400 times or, you know, uh, 500 times or something like that, then James Robinson can get his and Travis Etienne can get his as well. But the plus side of Travis Etienne is that pass catching and, yeah. and his ability to come out of the backfield, to move into the slot. And I think on any passing down, that they have Trevor Lawrence on the field uh, you're going to see Travis Etienne on the field as well you're not going to see James Robinson on the field for for pass catching downs but the big thing is that Etienne is the number one guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now I'm going to assume that at least four weeks of time are missed for James Robinson I I would have to take a guess Uh, and by the time that James Robinson comes back I think Travis Etienne is going to have the job so I've stood by that all offseason you know we don't have any analytics to back up what we're saying because there is no analytics to share besides what he did in college I
1: do have one analytics but yeah it is from college Um, you know how many targets he got his senior year What? so with Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback Mm -hmm. he only played in 12 games he had 60 targets out of the backfield
0: I think that's all they in 12
1: games (laughs) Well, the year before that, he had 15 games. So. Oh,
0: yeah, college football playoffs.
1: Yeah, so that might be included. But still, 60 targets in 12 games yeah. is really, really good and I think um, the, for a college
0: running back. I think the connection between Trevor Lawrence and, and Travis Etienne as well, like playing in the same college, that makes a difference. And yes, I think a lot of people absolutely. underrate that. Like before, I think I underrated it last year because the NFL is a different beast than college football oh yeah
1: i mean it but it it doesn't it's not a non-factor either
0: look what joe burrow did with jamar chase last year yeah like there's no reason to believe that etn will not or can't have that kind of connection with trevor lawrence and i think um that that probably will happen so and as as a fourth round pick it's it's easy money for me like i i am I'm impressed with what I'm seeing out of camp so far from Travis Etienne. I'm excited to see what he does in the regular season, and um, I just hope that Jacksonville, uh, Doug Peterson, is all, all. He's uttered the words. Uh, this is pre-training camp back in June, mm-hmm. but he uttered the words three down back when healthy, uh, talking about James Robinson, which is like what? What? What are you? What are you doing, Doug? Oh, sh- Not this again. I can't stand you, Doug Peterson. Brickhead. Uh, it just reminds me of the days of Miles Sanders, and I just yelled at my TV. Oh what are you doing? Days of Miles Sanders as in like two years ago. Yeah. Uh which they never really occurred. He still sucks. But anyway, uh but ETN definitely will be a pass catching back and it have PPR and PPR formats. There's he's definitely in store for a breakout. Um let's move to the next guy. Yeah, which is Javante Williams, Rick. What are your thoughts on Javante?
1: Javante, my guy. Last year finished as the RB seventeen, which is really, really good. Actually, he had over two hundred fantasy points PPR in PPR. PPR. Okay. Um, it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, I think points per game wise, there was a couple guys higher than him because he did play full seventeen, but was overall still very good. Um. And that was splitting snaps completely with Melvin Gordon. He had a 50% opportunity share, 499 snap percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was still able to get 203 carries and 53 targets. Yeah. So the things with Javante Williams this year that is different. First of all, he should get an increased workload going into his second year. Um, I think there's been various different reports on what they expect the Broncos' backfield to look like. I've seen as good as 37. 30- 70 for Javante Mm -hmm. I've also seen a lot of 55 45 maybe it lands like 60 40 but I'd be okay with 60 40 um for Javante because even that slight uptick gets him to like 225 230 carries 60 targets that's gonna be good enough for him because he's in very very good running running back he showed flashes of greatness last year his 4.4 yards per carry is something that is a lot lower than it should have been because if you look at his efficiency, he was 6th last year in evaded tack- tackles. He was eight in juke rate. Um, he was 7th in yards created per touch, 6th in the NFL in yards created. So he was very efficient with the opportunity that he had. Um And he also had a lot of, if you remember, we talked about this last year, he had like 3 or 4 runs for like 20 plus yards that got called back last year oh, because yeah, of like yeah. a holding call. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get that, in the picture as well, he had a much better year than the stats showed, and he had a pretty good year. Um, yeah. Not to mention the fact that we've talked about this a lot, but you know Russell Wilson is the quarterback now, so the Broncos' offense.
0: We're in on the Broncos, I guess.
1: We I I am a hundred and ten percent in on the Broncos. Um, the Broncos' offense will be better next year, so right. there's also room for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, if the Broncos' offense is as good as I think it's going to be. Um, he could get a lot of goal line work as well, mm-hmm. and you could be looking he at double digit touchdowns work. for Javante um, because of that,
0: that. That's honestly what I'm looking for, though, with Javante Williams is is mm. is like last year he had 53 targets, 43 catches, 203 carries. Right? Obviously, you want to see those increase. You know what I mean? I if think they will. If he gets more than a 50 percent opportunity share, um, you know his carries could easily go up to 275 his target share could easily go up to like 80 targets. Like you're, we're talking about uh, OG back in the day, Zeke, you know what I mean? That's kind of what this yeah. guy reminds me of. Cause he's, he's got the same type of build. Yeah. Um, but I, when I look at him, it's like, he just needs the opportunity. And I don't know if the, the Denver Broncos are smart enough to do it. Um, yes. But I think when you look at like goal line touches, he was number three in goal line touches last year, 37 red zone touches. Which was twenty-third in the NFL, not the goal line touches. But you know, if I guarantee you, if you pull up Melvin Gordon's numbers, I don't I don't know that he would have it's more. Yeah. I would say it's more. So, um, but but with that being said, for Javante, if he does get a 45, you know, a 55-45 split where he's getting majority of the opportunities, right? Does that mm-hmm. mean that he gets more red zone touches? Does that mean he's the guy in the red zone? Because if that's the case that flips the whole thing upside down. You know what I mean? Like it goes from seven touchdowns to, you know, I think around 10, 11, 12 touchdowns, which is great. Um mm. but we just got to see it. And I think I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the bad things that like last year he was you know, he had 20 he had a, a I think it was 20.236% 20 he faced a a base uh front carry rate, which is 3.2 yards a carry for him. His shotgun carry rate was 29.6, and he had one yard per carry on that. And his under center uh, carry rate was uh, 70%, which was one yard per carry. But he had 4.3 yards of carry against light front carry rates and then a stacked front. He had 7.8 yards per carry, which stacked fronts he only faced 5.9% of the time. So the point of all those numbers is to say I think he's he's not necessarily going to be the focus as well as Melvin Gordon last year uh, in the offense in terms of what defenses are trying to stop. You have Russ there, you have Jerry Judy, you have Courtland Oh, Sutton, yeah, absolutely. You know, Albert O even, <sighs> right? So I, I think defenses are going to have to think about everything when it comes to this team, and it's going to make it far more difficult. They're not just going to be able to stack the front, you know what I mean? They're not just going to be able to throw a base defense out there you're probably going to see three wide receivers on the field at a time. They're going to have to run a lot of nickel against this team. And because of that, it's going to open up lanes for Javante Williams and, and even Melvin Gordon. But I think Javante is definitely a breakout. I think he's actually probably more of a breakout than Travis Etienne. If I had to say, if I if I, I would I agree, to I think one. so too, um, but they're close. Yeah. One, like Javante, if he goes off this year, based on some of like the, the, the efficiency numbers Rick shared, like if he does that with a full workload, 300 plus opportunities. Right. Like, he's a top right. five running back. It's not even like, right. I'm not even like, I, that's not a hot take for me. <laughs> that's like, I think that's what he is when given the opportunity. The reason why he's not in, being drafted in that conversation is because he doesn't have the backfield to himself. They re signed Melvin Gordon, they brought him back. I guarantee you, if Melvin Gordon never put on a Denver Broncos uniform again and he never re signed, he went to Atlanta. Like, yeah. Javante would be top ten right now in drafts. Oh my gosh. I would probably take him like
1: as high as five. It's yeah. <laughs> like
0: Rick Rick would rip his drawers off.
1: I might even take him top three because I'm, you know. <laughs> but I would go wild.
0: Yeah, Javante is one hundred percent a breakout. So I would do what it takes to get this guy on your team um and you know, draft him. So, uh, yep. let's move on to the final guy and this one is a little bit deeper, uh, a little bit more controversial. Uh but it's Cam Akers. Uh some people are in, some people are out. Rick, where are you at? Um I'm mostly in.
1: I I understand the concerns and I'm aware of that when I'm going into my drafts. Um but assuming he is healthy and he plays, he's going to produce. The Rams obviously they have a top 5 offense in the NFL. Um so that alone will be good. Mm-hmm. Outside of Daryl Hen- Henderson, there's no depth on the team. It's, yeah. it's Akers and Henderson. I think when healthy, Akers is going to get the first shot. Um, I know he played poor coming off the Achilles injury, but that was like five or six months after an Achilles. He now has a full year of recovery. Yeah. Um, so you have to remember, like, this is like five, six months after the Super Bowl, um, which was back in February. So he should be much more efficient on his cuts, yeah. feeling better. Uh, there's been like reports for Marlon Mack in Houston, who after he tore his Achilles last year, he wasn't quite the same player. And there's yeah. been early reports in camp saying that he looks better than what he did last year. So, you know, I I know that Achilles is a hard, hard injury for running back to come back from, but if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be a young running back. I mean, Akers is only like 22, 23. So he's still a very young player. Um, and he's had a lot of time to recover. Yeah. You look at Sean McVay's history. I know he said he wants to use both guys, but he says that every year. Um, historically speaking, he will use one guy for an individual game. If a guy's hot, he will ride with that running mm-hmm. back. Um, so I expect that to be Akers last or before he tore his Achilles. Yeah. Um, I wanna say he was on pace for like 300 carries once he got the starting role. It took him a while in his rookie season to get the starting role obviously because he was a rookie, but once he did, um he didn't look back. In the last uh well, jeez, freaking sports reference or whatever pro football Definitely reference. Okay, yeah. here we go. In the last 4 weeks of this season of his rookie season, he was on pace for guess yeah. how many carries?
0: 300
1: 366. Oh my god. Um I'm not telling you <laughs> Those he's are gonna get that. Those are girly Ooh, numbers. Right. Exactly. They are tied tot- girly numbers. Yep. Um I'm not telling you he's gonna get that at all because of the Achilles, and you know Henderson will get some 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 work in there. He might even get a game or two to yeah. run it. Um but overall Cam Akers should be the starting running back, mm-hmm. and that's all he really needs. He just needs to be a starting running back, he doesn't have to be the most efficient player. He just needs to get the opportunity. Yeah, we, um, and if he does that in a high volume offense, he'll be a breakout running
0: back. We've seen from from Najee. Um we've seen from Najee Harris a, a situation where and even Le'Veon Bell back in the day where like they might not be the most efficient running backs, but yeah. because of the opportunity that they get, it makes them you know Obviously, it puts them in a rhythm, makes them explosive. And then, because of that opportunity, just for fantasy football, like, I, I've talked about this before. If you touch the ball 350 times in a season, you're automatically a top five guy.
1: Right. Like, oh it, yeah, it doesn't matter if you suck I, at I it. I saw it's a like, stat, actually, the other day about that. I think it was, like, any player that had 350 touches, if you were running back that had that many mm-hmm. touches, um, you finish as an RB1 100% of the time. Wow in the last 10 yeah here's the exact quote um 100 percent of running backs with 350 touches over the last 10 years have finished inside the top five so yeah, yeah so I <laughs> if was, you get the carries you're gonna do it i was Those gonna say
0: i i was listening to a podcast the other day where they're a little they heard the report that um you know, obviously, Sean McVay said that uh, he feels like he's got two number one backs on his team and Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. And the argument was, you know, that maybe they will split, but that Cam Akers doesn't automatically have this job over Daryl Henderson mm. was kind of the point. And that Daryl Henderson could, you know, take the work. And that's why Cam Akers should, you know, you should be a little bit more hesitant on him and stuff like that. And I, I kind of listened to it. and I'm like, yeah, but what, what was the response? To when he first came back, right, you had Hendo, right? You had Sony, Michelle, whoever right. the heck was running the football.
1: They took him out.
0: And it was 17 attempts in the first playoff game, 24 attempts in the second playoff game, 13 and then 13.
1: I believe Henderson was out for most of that, but he was available in the Super Bowl. And in the Super Bowl, who was the guy that had the carries?
0: 16, 16 touches for uh makers
1: And uh Henderson had seven.
0: So, to me, and that's what a 60 40 split, some more around. I think
1: more than that, it's like closer to 70 30. So, 65, uh, 35.
0: I, to me, Cam Akers is going to be the guy. Uh, it is concerning, like, even in the, in the Super Bowl, he sucked, he was terrible 1.62 yards per carry, um, 14, right. uh, three receiving, uh, three receptions, 14 yards. Like, that sucks.
1: I don't hold the efficiency against him. Though.
0: No, I really don't hold the efficiency against him. I think, you know, now that he's ha- he's going to have a full training camp under his belt um, and a full preseason under his belt with this team and a full year of recovery, you know, even more than that now, uh, and some games that he got to play in the playoffs, I think he's going to be fine for the regular season. I think he's going to come back and play well. And if he's not efficient, then they will go with Daryl Henderson. They will go with... You mm-hmm. know, with that guy, right, uh, switch right, it up, right. which, you know, maybe, maybe you draft Cam Akers and then you draft Hendo later. I don't know, yeah. but I don't think that's going to happen. And I think if, if, if they go with Cam Akers and they give him 350 plus opportunities, I mean, that's a smash. Like I, you have to take it. So um that's why I'm in on, on Cam Akers. I think the opportunity share is going to be huge for him and it's going to cause a breakout. Um, but I just hope that he is efficient. You know what I mean? That he is an efficient running back. That he can get back to what he did in the playoffs last year where he was at 4.68 yards per carry and mm-hmm. 5 yards per carry before they got eliminated by Green Bay. So I I, I love Cam Akers. I love any Los Angeles running back that te- that gets the full workload. Yep. Because their offense is really good. Um, But I just don't want to like for people who are like, oh, well, Daryl Henderson. And I'm like, I don't give a rat's toot about Daryl Henderson. Like, yeah. What What are you talking about?
1: I don't really care either, but I do think acres and the only negative is he will probably be on a short leash because if he does, like you said, if he sucks the first couple of weeks, they will go to Henderson. Absolutely. they'll,
0: They'll, they'll, they're a team that will go with the hot hand as Rick said. So, That's the drawback, but honestly, that's why I feel like you have to be kind of a a little bit prepared for a moment like that. He has a
1: higher risk than the other two guys you talked about, but his ceiling is just as high.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as high as Javante's. Right. But because I do think Henderson, like, I don't know that he can get up to that 350, 400 touch threshold. Um, if they're giving Henderson, you know, thirty-five to forty percent of the opportunities, um, but he's still a top ten running back if they give him three hundred twenty-five, you know. Yeah, but you have any more thoughts on Acres or any of these guys?
1: I think that's about it.
0: Okay, there you have it. Our top breakout running backs for fantasy football twenty twenty two. We actually got done in the allotted time frame for this episode, which is kind of shocking. Uh, but anyway, uh, leave, leave in the comments who one of your favorite breakout running backs is. we got a mock draft tomorrow. Be sure to check it out. See you later, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the TheFFChamps.